coffee time. It's us again, your hosts, Stacy. That's me. And Maggie. Today, we're going to dive into a discussion on the topic of friendships. From making friends to ending friends. <laughs> Are we keeping that? Yeah, let's do that. We're here to talk all about there is about platonic relationships. But first, let's dive into our house and lowlights of the week. So... so- <laughs> so should i go first yeah all right so about a week and a half ago i moved to seattle it was a very very physically and emotionally draining time in my life the last couple of days when i was packing it was just like oh my god i was leaving everything behind and then at the airport it was so sad especially on the way to the airport oh my god, I just couldn't stop crying. So I had to stuff my face with like sweet potatoes that my mom baked. And then (laughs) when we said goodbye, it was just like the most like sad thing ever. I said, I love you to my mom in Mandarin for the first time, in which she responded with, I don't. And I was like, okay, that's my key to leave. So I left. (laughs) And then after I got there, you know, it's been great. It's been really, really fun. Like two days after I landed in Seattle, I flew to Miami and I also went to Orlando. It was just like a fun time in Florida. Just like a nice vacation. Honestly, some things that happened on the vacation wasn't the most relaxing, but it was still a fun time overall. And then after I got back, I hung out with a new friend and that was so fun and exciting and everything was just like so nice. And, oh my goodness, I am starting my first class tomorrow, and it's a little bit early for the school because this is the program that's supposed to, like, start before the actual school year starts, and it's just, like, a course I'm taking. I think I talked about this in the last episode, but class is actually starting tomorrow, and I've been, like, looking at the material and the syllabus, and it's just so interesting, and I can't wait to meet everybody and just make new friends, which is what we're talking about in this episode. Oh my god. Damn, that sounds like such an exciting and action-packed week. Yeah, it was very exciting indeed. The week I moved to Seattle and went to Florida, I was on five different planes that week, and I flew over 20 hours, which is just crazy to me, and it was so exhausting though, so I would not recommend it at all. Okay, which is better, Florida or Seattle? I would have to definitely say Seattle because Florida is so fun, right? And I love the whole atmosphere over there. It's just very, you just feel young there. And I I know I'm only 17, but (laughs) (laughs) I feel like in Florida, there's just so much thunderstorms and it's just so humid. And like the weather in Seattle these couple of days have been so nice, even though it's been like pretty hot. It's still like blue skies, not a lot of rain yet. <laughs> so I definitely prefer Seattle just because of its climate. I feel like there's just more things to do here. I know that there's like all those amusement parks and all those like beaches in Florida, but I think overall this city just suits me a lot better. <laughs> but it does rain like 300 out of 365 days in Seattle. So yeah. <laughs> it'll be fun. Yeah, seasonal depression, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> For me, well, it's definitely not as exciting as your week, but I did watch and finish a new show, which is a pretty typical task for me, I would say. Uh, but I finished watching Arcane today, and it's basically a show that I think is based off the game League of Legends. I do not play League of Legends, and I've been wanting to learn it after watching Arcane, but 
it's just such a good show. I would recommend anyone who is an animation fan or just like someone who's a fan of good storytelling to watch Arcane. It's well written. I love all the characters. I really love the animation, especially. It's beautifully done. And I will highly, highly recommend it. And I do want to rant a bit about one of the main relationships in there. I think it's hinted at. It's between two characters under uh, Vi and Caitlin. And it's such a good ship because it encompasses so many like good tropes. And another thing that kind of also happened today was I caught up with an old friend. We were catching up through other means as well. Like we were supposed to do something that's related to business together today. But we also spent some time talking a bit after. I'm really happy about like reconnecting with her. I would say we kind of had a bit of a fallout before, but I'm really glad that before she also leaves for the States like Stacy to go to university that I got to speak with her and kind of just reestablish that we're still kind of friends and we do want to keep in contact and we don't want this to sizzle out into <laughs> an abandoned friendship because I did previously have a friendship that just Basically, I would say permanently because we never really got to reconnect for that last time to clear things up. But I'm really glad that I got to do with this friendship. So it really ties to today's topic. But on the other hand, I'm really glad that I got to talk to that friend again because it was just a, such a nice time catching up with each other. Yay! Oh my god, I'm so happy for you. Oh, because yeah. I remember you were talking about like wanting to reconnect with that person and all that. So it's really yeah. nice that you got to do that. God, I'm really glad I did it though because I think I really want to keep this friendship. Oh, that's so cute! You should let her know that. <laughs> Hopefully, she knows that by the end of today. So. <laughs> Let's start off with talking about our love language. How do we show our love to others? How do we show our appreciations to those around us? You know. I had this written down in my outline, but I just remembered, like, right now that I took this quiz earlier today. Oh? I was curious, and, oh my god. Okay, so, it's still quality time. <laughs> I, it's 33% on my little pie chart here, and I think this actually makes so much sense, though, because, as I said earlier in my little highlight, I made a new friend, or, like, a few friends, because I'm starting school and everything and I feel like when I'm just hanging out with them like in person and it's just like us two and we're just like chilling and like you know doing activities together that's just so meaningful to me and it just like makes me so happy in a way that like I didn't really realize before because we were always online and like COVID and you know because of the high school I went to like all of our friends sort of lived far apart from each other so like hanging out with each other was like just outside of school thing which is like, kind of difficult and yeah I just feel like this quality time thing fits me so well another thing that I really value that's like not necessarily like the love language quiz is just like feeling known you know whenever somebody brings up something I told them like a while ago in a conversation you know just like small details that you've told them before and they suddenly remember it and they're like they just bring up so casually like that's so nice I feel like that's just like such a, a large sign of somebody like listen to you attentively and they care about you like that and it just feels so nice I, I remember you were introducing that love language to me it's like summarizes a lot of things you know 
Yeah, exactly. I feel like in a way, all of these love languages are making the other person feel known and all that. I feel like it deserves its own one because it's so yeah. special. <laughs> so previously on the quiz I took, I took it like a few months ago. Then words of appreciation, something like that, like about words. Oh. Um, but I kind of like realized recently I'm not too into that anymore. I feel like quality time, like quality time has won me over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like spending some time with someone and with their attention undivided, especially. It's just such a good bonding moment. I read that like the quality time, like people who kind of is more into that usually don't like it when people are distracted when spending time with that. And I feel like that's really true for me. It's not that I get annoyed when people like are like texting other people when we hang out. It's more like when our focus are just on each other, I feel like I'm spending that time the most efficiently. And I'm very happy about, you know, time being spent efficiently on doing something that we both agree to do. And that's really interesting because, you know, the thing about being known, I thought about that and I personally have like a different view of it. I mm -hmm. had a friend who had like an amazing memory mm -hmm. and will always bring up things I've done in the past or things I've said in the past. Uh-huh. But when I was hanging out with them, I just felt kind of, it's not creeped out, but it's more like a, oh, I feel like you are like holding me accountable for every word I say. So mm -hmm. I get scared around friends like that. So it's really interesting to see our differences. Oh, it's like you have to just be super careful about what you say because they're just always going to remember it. And it's not saying like, oh, they're an unforgiving person, you know, yeah. I think it's definitely like you just have to keep your guard up a little more. Yeah, exactly. And Maybe it's just that friendship in particular, but they will point out inconsistencies. It's like, oh, I said I liked this thing before, but oh, like no. today I said a different opinion about it and they'll bring it up and be like, but you said this before X months ago. Come on, people's minds can change and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just interesting how like, I guess yeah. like different ways we view when people remember those small things about that. About right. us. Honestly, if somebody did that to me, I don't think that would be a love language for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, like, the thing you said about being focused on each other when you're together, okay. like, that's so nice because, I don't know, recently when I've been hanging out with some of my friends, and that's not to say, like, my old friends were, like, oh, always on their phone or anything. It was just, like, a little different because my old friends like my friends back home we were all pretty comfortable with each other so like we wouldn't really mind it if we're like on our phones or something but right. it's just like these new friends you know we're trying to establish this like sense of respect for each other and we just always have like our phones turned down like facing down or wherever we're just talking and there's like actual eye contact and like human connection in that way and it was just like so special because I haven't experienced that in a while because we're just like always like on our phones or like not 100% engaged in a conversation and that's so sad but I think it's it's also a good thing because we were like pretty comfortable with each other like but yeah that's just like something weird that I noticed <laughs> exactly and I feel like you know just having concentrated attention on each other that's just immediately saying I respect your time we established the time for us to kind of get to know each other and hang out um, and I'm respecting that by only giving my focus to this objective so. right yeah exactly speaking of new friends and you know old friends let's talk about levels of friendships or 
you know, how close do you usually like to keep your friends? I categorize my friends in like four sections. So there's the acquaintances, the people that you meet. Um, you don't really connect outside of whatever you met about, friends you make in class, like coworkers and all that. And then we have friends. And the way you differentiate with that is like you will hang out with these acquaintances outside of whatever you were doing when you met them. So for example, those friends in those classes where you would like go out for bubble tea with them or go out for lunch with them once in a while to see what they're up to and all that. Um, and then we have the close friends. So the close friends, they are people that you would, you know, be comfortable in spending like a whole day together with them as an outing or, and then we have the best friend category. And for me, a best friend is someone that I would chat with regularly and someone that I would like tell a lot of the things that's going on in my life with. You know, there are certain things that happen in your life that you really want to tell someone to get it off your chest. Um, but like there are hardly people you're very comfortable with sharing that information with. But I feel like a best friend for me is someone that would be willing to share those information with. <laughs> those are my four levels of friendship. <laughs> yeah, I think they're very well and neatly categorized. I think I would go with like a similar structure. I really like what you said about you know differentiating acquaintances and friends because hanging out, I feel like it's like one thing that establishes that difference so much. Yeah, and it's usually like, you're talking about like an acquaintance and people are like oh you know are you friends with this person and you're just kind of like oh I know of this person but I don't actually know them and I feel like if you're hanging out with someone that just changes because you know what they're like in real life and all that I feel like in terms of like close friends like people you hang out regularly with or like the best friend I feel like it's important to like really pick you know who you want to be for that those types of friends because they're just like so important it's almost like a long-term commitment in a way and it's just so important because like I feel like talking things out is so important because I feel like for me especially it just helps me with like dealing with so many things because when you say something aloud it's like editing like an essay right you just realize like some of the things that are actually happening that you might have not known before and then all of a sudden you're like wow that makes sense and it helps because you know someone's listening so you're not going through it alone and exactly. I feel like with those close friends or the best friend that's like that's what it is because you, you're just talking about what is on your mind and all that but I feel like with like your other friends like the, the friends and the acquaintances you're only really talking about what comes up or what's appropriate and I feel like that's what really establishes the difference and it's definitely important for me at least to just keep one of those one or two close friends right and especially the thing about you know best friends when you're telling them a lot of things that's in your life you're Mm -hmm. choosing to be vulnerable with them and you're absolutely right in the sense of choosing someone right for that (laughs) yeah exactly and it's so nice when they choose you too yeah a virtual kiss no i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) one of my greatest fears being so vulnerable to someone is that one day they'll take this information and yeah. use it against you. <laughs> Obviously, when you have a best friend, like the reason you choose to trust them with this vulnerable information is you trust that they won't use it in a malicious way against you. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, just making that decision, like, hey, you're the person that I trust won't betray me. That is a big decision to make. And that is definitely an important part of, you know, establishing a friendship with someone and seeing where this person fits in your life. Right, exactly. I feel like with, I don't know, this generation, especially people are so quick to just like make a friend and be like, oh my God, you're my best friend. And sometimes they take it literally and sometimes they hand that vulnerability or trust to like the wrong person. I feel like with, I don't know, when I said choose, I don't think that was the right word. I feel like you just sort of know. And with like the whole vulnerable information thing, for me at least, it's like, obviously I'm trusting you with that. But it's also like, I know you won't do anything malicious with that. And I think that's what, I don't know, makes it so special. (laughs) And I think another part I just want to add on is, (laughs) when you're being so vulnerable with them, I feel like a lot of times you're also exposing some of the sides of your personality Mm -hmm. that you usually don't show to other people, various reasons. Um, Maybe sometimes they're just not ideal behavior, like things that you might have done wrong or decisions that you've made that might have harmed someone else. And you're trusting, most of the time you're kind of trusting for that person to kind of stick with you, even though if you made those wrong decisions or show some of the bad sides of their personalities at someone and they still stick with you and they still try to help you work through whatever drove you to make those decisions again back to the idea of them not betraying you like them hearing that you did something like this and you don't just go away running immediately and be like you're a terrible person i never want to see you again i'm exposing from that kind of situation i feel that's what separates a best friend from i guess the other category that talked about i feel like a best friend who actually wants something great for you I think in those situations where you've done something wrong they wouldn't only just be by your side they would point out what you did wrong and help you perhaps like fix your mistakes and become a better person in the future exactly and that's why you go to these best friends and tell them about this thing that of yourself and like when you reveal these sides of you that are vulnerable and like other people not have encountered before I feel like that's what makes it's so different in terms of like that's how you really know someone knows you that was so, <laughs> when we talked about the importance of like a best friend and you know what it means to have a best friend how important are relationships to you I love hanging out with friends but also being alone because my social battery dies so quickly but in terms of hanging out with friends I feel like friends who communicate very well are very fun to hang out with because everyone's on the same page and no one's you know left behind and it just adds like an extra layer of comfort to plans I feel like there's also something so special about hanging out alone I think when you're hanging out with friends versus alone you see things from a different perspective there's like such a big stigma around just hanging out by yourself even when you're like in need of alone time and I think like especially in college I feel like I'm predicting that I might feel that I'm going to experience fear of missing out and when there's like all these events going on and you know even recently I feel like I've been signing myself up for like a bunch of events and stuff like that because I just want to be like oh I want to explore everything you know I want to make new connections but I feel like eventually if I keep doing that I'm just gonna get burnt out so I'm trying to like also set aside some time for alone time like going on walks or like just having dinner by yourself and I'm actually going to a few concerts alone later this year and I was quite skeptical about it for at first but I feel like 
I'm really going to enjoy it. You know that part about that stigma of being mm-hmm. alone. Sometimes when you just want to be alone, but then you are alone. And especially when you're in public and there's people being in groups around you, you just have that feeling like, should I be like this? Am I, you know, being an outcast and I'm being abnormal because I'm not hanging out with people? Do I just like seem lonely to other people? You know, like all these thoughts about how people will view you when you are alone and that whole stigma about being alone just really affects the way on how you enjoy your alone time, especially in public. Yeah, I feel like we're always going to be sort of fixated on how others perceive us. But something that I just been recently practicing when I'm out alone or just in general I feel like for the past couple of months especially because I really like taking photos and a lot of the times I take photos in public and in the beginning I'm always like oh my god what are other people going to think sort of like what are other people going to think about me you know being alone and all that mm. but then I just realized like you know if you're thinking about it like on a busy street everyone's just minding their own business somebody is going to be thinking about you know the next subway they're taking or somebody else is thinking about you know a job interview they're going to I feel like it's just so important to remember that like everybody thinks that everyone's thinking about them but like everyone's just thinking about themselves well that's kind of sad in a way because everyone's self-centered I feel like it just gives you that like little confidence boost you know just to enjoy your day and everything will be okay because you know even if somebody judges you like you're probably never going to see them again. But yeah, you're not that important <laughs> in other people's yeah. lives. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But for me, I think friendships overall, they're very nice to have. And again, like with that stigma of being alone also coming back in, it kind of feels validating to have friends. It kind of shows like, oh, I'm a likable person. People kind of want to hang out with me. I guess it's also a confidence booster, like a pretty toxic way of boosting your own confidence in one way. I would say. But uh, on the other side, having friends means that you have these people that you can learn about. And I feel like that's always a really good experience, learning about someone, getting to know how they are, why they are like that. And it's also it's comforting to also have someone who is willing to learn about you as well. So I feel like that exchange of information makes friendship a pretty interesting aspect of life. Personally, I just prefer to be alone a lot more. One of the main reasons is because I'm pretty bad at maintaining friendships. Um, I told you about my DM situation before. (laughs) (laughs) I leave so many people like ghosted, mainly because I find it difficult to talk to people, especially over text. And there's a lot of times where I, I feel awkward either starting a conversation or meeting someone new. And I don't really want to, you know, have these conversations so a lot of times I just refrain from even making friends because I don't want to hurt these people accidentally or be rude to them it's good to point that out because if you think about it like humans were supposed to socialize right but before technology and everything like people with friendships with relationships like they probably don't you know send each other like letters or like updates over you know a quick span of time I don't know this generation are attention spans are dying and we have technology and social media so close to our fingertips that people you know feel it's necessary or like people maybe they're like encouraged to just reach out online all the time and obviously you make so many great connections online but I feel like people who don't have the social energy online they just get so much shit for it because they get perceived as like 
oh, they're just like dry or like they're like a mean person for leaving him on red or anything. But like, it's not like that. It's like people have other stuff going on, you know, like sometimes I don't know for me, I just like respond in my head and then I forget to text back. Like sometimes I envy the way how friendships and relationships work in the past mm-hmm. because a lot of friendships in the past you only really catch up with each other if you guys meet up or by some reason they call you on the telephone and you will talk to them for an hour and you catch up and that's it but you still maintain that friendship you don't, if, even if you don't talk with you, each other for like another three months right I really envy a situation like that where you can still maintain a relationship without updating each other on what's going on in your lives every day of their life right I feel like with everything so easily accessible like calling and texting and everything like it's almost as if we feel a sort of responsibility or need to use these resources we have and connect to the people in our lives and stay connected 24 (laughs) 7 exactly and I think it's just like it's so important to establish these boundaries, especially online, or just like making sure the people you're friends with have that same level of like energy as you. Because, you know, if you're like leaving someone to hang out dry, you know, it doesn't feel great for both sides because one side's worrying about, you know, responding and the other side's like, why aren't they responding? And I feel like with a point you brought up about like hanging out in person and all that, I feel like with my friends who I hang out with more in person, I definitely text them less because you don't need to like talk about everything all the time anymore, right? Because you have the next opportunity in the future to update them on like whatever you're up to. And that's like a nice story time we can save for later, you know? <laughs> and I feel like those story times, they're just usually a bit more, I hate to bring up the word efficient again, but they are more efficient than just texting. You have like a bunch of the stuff that you don't want to say, it's all stored up and you tell them, in this hangout session and they get the information and it's not you know dragged on for a course of like a couple of days and and there's like multiple conversations going on and everything oh it just feels a lot more concise and a lot easier to handle and just waste less time in general because you set the boundaries of when you want this conversation to end speaking of you know establishing these new relationships with people we don't really know or we haven't really gotten used to, let's talk about making new friends. You know, what are your thoughts on starting new friendships? I usually find it really tiring. A lot of times, I really hope for my the friendships that I make to immediately get to the level that we are at right now, where we're just comfortable <laughs> joking about everything. You know, the people that you vibe with and you want to kind of achieve this level with, I just wish the middle process of actually getting to know them doesn't take long and it's just like an instant before we just get to a very comfortable level of familiarity but obviously that's not reality but yeah making friends is a time-consuming process it takes time to build up that trust and it takes time to learn about this person and learn about their worldview and whether you your worldview kind of like match with that and vibe with them i would say i'm pretty bad making new friends and usually that's because I'm too much of a coward to also make new friends and I feel like just establishing a new relationship also kind of makes you vulnerable in another way because when you're trying to learn about another person they're also trying to learn about you and you're kind of putting aspects of yourself out for other people to judge on whether they want to vibe with you or not because of this whole aspect being so negative for me that's why I don't make a lot of new friends (laughs) 
But I really like the idea of, of learning about other people, learning about someone new and seeing how they are like. So I guess that really motivates me on making new friends. But overall, I would say it's it, it's definitely not the most fun thing to do. Yeah, I totally get it. For me, when I make new friends, I find it to be very tiring in terms of just having to be attentive of like everything you're saying and doing. In one way, it's like you have to make sure, you know, you're not making a joke that's just like too far like too far-fetched that you know a close friend would understand if an acquaintance wouldn't and in another sense you have to keep track of you know questions you've already asked someone or what you've already known because for me a couple months ago when I first posted on the class of 2026 account for my school like a bunch of people reached out to me and we were all just texting like I was texting a lot of people simultaneously because, you know, everyone just sort of reached out at the same time. And then I would realize sometimes I would ask people questions that already been talked about before. And that just, I don't know, made me look like I wasn't paying attention that, you know, they weren't important to me, which is not true. I think it's just like social energy levels died because it just takes so much effort to make a new friend, which is why I really value just establishing a few new friendships at once because you know you can get to know people like you said which is also very important to me it's so much fun just getting to know someone's life and being a part of it too but it's definitely a lot to take in and when you do do that I think giving someone that respect and time just one-on-one just directing all your attention to them that's so important and special and I think when I'm making new friends I think my preferred situation or environment would just be like talking to a few people at the same time and nothing like crazy like what I went through in those Instagram DMs. (laughs) I think we can both agree on how making new friends is just oh it's a it's an investment (laughs) of your time and energy and sometimes you just don't vibe with that person and that's definitely okay you know it's no one's fault but for whatever reason you don't really vibe that well and you don't want to like progress this into something that's further and feels like you kind of wasted that time and energy getting to know this person only for this to turn out a certain way and which kind of sucks because like again it's no one's fault it's just the way it is there's always that risk and it's just kind of annoying as well I feel like with every relationship you're in you have to take that little leap of faith sometimes because you know you don't know what they're like because you know I feel like with friends, you would think, you know, a lot about them just based on your favorite color, you know, your your artist or your favorite thing to do and all that. But I feel like it's so important to get to know how that person sees the world, because that's how you'll really know if it's like a good friendship to be in or not in terms of like fit as people, but also just like how it's going to impact you in the future. Yeah, exactly. I know a lot of people say friendship stems from you know, shared interests and hobbies. And that's definitely a good conversation starter. But I agree with you in the fact that it definitely doesn't tell you the most about the person. I feel like us two, we don't have the most shared interests, Mm -hmm. but we still vibe with each other a lot because we, and it's always really fun just listening to each other like rant about our interests as well, because you get to learn more about stuff that you might not know about. I think something that people emphasize a lot when making new friends is like, oh, this person and I have so many similar interests together. But I feel like for me personally, 
if I were hanging out with like someone who's just like a copy of myself, I would go nuts, like crazy in a bad way. Because not only do you feel there's like always like a subconscious, I guess, obligation to do everything you like with that person just because like you guys are friends and you guys both like the same things, but also just like you're hanging out with yourself almost, but it's with like another person, and that's kind of weird to me. <laughs> yeah, on the topic of. Seeking out friends based on like shared interests. There are definitely more ways to make new friends than that. So how do you personally approach to making new friends? Well, I'm not usually the one to approach others, but when I do, it's usually like those common interests we stated. Like you like you said, it's a great conversation starter. So I would usually like compliment them on something because that would obviously incline them to respond because you know, they're being nice. They're gonna say thanks or at least you know <laughs> so I would typically just you know with a compliment that that sort of includes you know that common interest we share so for example like recently a new friend I made what I did when I first reached out was like hey you know like we go to the same school and like I really like your style so and then we just talked for like the past two months and it's been a blast I don't know like when I make new friends I just try to ask them about I think in the starting stages, it's definitely stuff like, oh, you know, what's your favorite this and this? And what what do you like to do? Like, what was your favorite music? It's just like stuff like that. That's like pretty basic, but it's a good way to just keep the conversation going. And I think that's so important because when you start a new relationship or friendship, it's like that commitment, that investment you guys are both putting in, just like keeping that conversation flowing no matter what. I think that's so important because it kind of builds that mutual understanding that you guys both want to establish a friendship. And then I guess like somewhat in the future, once you guys are comfortable with that, for me at least, I would start bringing a little bit more of like a personal subject into the conversation. I would be like, oh my God, like something really funny happened today. And then you would share the story. And not only would you get your story heard, but like the other person, you know, can also feel really appreciated that you know like when the story happened you thought about telling them and I think that's just such a great way to like advance a friendship if that makes sense right expressing vulnerability like I'm telling this personal aspect about me and I trust you to not do anything bad with it (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of similar with you in the sense that I also wait for people to approach. I don't take a lot of initiatives in making friendships. I think I told you about this before, but a good hack I found is like making an Instagram story. (laughs) (laughs) You make an Instagram post about a subject that you thought would gauge people with similar interests as you. And you kind of use that as a starting point for people to come contact you by responding to your story and just engaging with conversation with them. I tried that tactic out like two times this summer. Um, and I think I regretted trying it both times because like too many people texted and I just didn't want to respond. To wow, Miss Popular. <laughs> not even being popular, it's just I'm not used to more than five people like responding to my story. I guess a good example of this strategy is I bought a new laptop for uni. Um, I posted a laptop on my story and one of my plans, my hopes for that post was for people to contact me about the laptop and we can like hit it off by talking about computer specs or something like that <laughs> and then that happened with around like five or six people or seven I can't remember oh. and it, it wasn't the greatest time because apart from that I didn't know what to talk about with them so 
at the end like I just ghosted them because the conversation like derailed to oh what's your major oh you're going to Waterloo too uh where are you living for residence and all that so yeah so I ghosted most of them but then a couple of days ago it was one person texted me and it was like you left me on bread for a lot of days now and then that's it that was the message and <laughs> I got so scared when I saw it I was like what the hell <laughs> it's more like I don't know about you but personally I don't really keep track of my dms if someone ghosts me unless they're like very important to me or I know their texting habits very well like they respond within the day or something that's when I get worried but otherwise with some people I don't really know I I probably won't remember if they ghosted me or not. <laughs> it's a good strategy on people like getting people to contact you but Maybe if someone was a bit more social and tried that strategy, they'll probably yield better results. So. <laughs> Speaking of making new friends who go to like the same school as you, how do you think your social life will be in college? I'm really conflicted because going into uni, I, I'm going to say uni. No, college. it's college. <laughs> I'm not American. Um, I really want to make connections and I'm really excited to make connections. I'm super stoked to be in an environment and being in a pretty tight-knit programs where there's only 100 people, I think, where we have similar interests, similar career paths and goals, and, you know, building a network off of that. But I don't want to put in the effort to do that. So <laughs> I also want to be a hermit. I think I'm definitely going more of the hermit route because the expectations I had for uni is like, I'm going to be studying all the time. And that's one of the reasons why I chose, I guess, some of the cheapest dorms and all that. Because my mindset, I'm in that, like, stigma grind set right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't really care where I sleep or what I eat. I'm just going to be studying, getting good grades, getting bank. <laughs> the wow, whole time you you. <laughs> but yeah, I recognize the importance of connections and I do want to make them. But I think that with the way how I interact with people, it'll be a bit difficult. You know, it's funny because a week ago or two weeks ago, I would have said, like, I want to be that studious scholar. I think that's what I said in the last episode, actually. But (laughs) I think after I've met up with, like, some new friends, that's definitely changed. Well, obviously, I'm still going to be focused on school. Like, that's my number one priority, mom, if you're listening. But I think I'm definitely going to put having, like, a nice social life on that list because I think just recently was when I really realized the importance of making new friends and making good friends, at least for this early program before everything starts in the actual quarter. I think I'm going to try to make a lot of new friends and just make new memories, you know, that's going to be so exciting. And personally, I'm really socially burnt out easily, which makes me tired in every other way possible. So I think a good way to maintain that balance kind of just on my own would just you know be taking breaks or studying self-care and stuff like that so I think for me even in high school when I didn't prioritize academics as much as I am planning to now I I think I maintained a pretty good balance so hopefully that would carry out through my college life well you have to teach me on how to maintain that balance <laughs> I'm gonna need the advice <laughs> well for sure <laughs> why are you saying it like that <laughs> I don't know. What am I supposed to say? Like, okay. No. <laughs> no, I talked a bit about, I guess, making making connections just for the sake of networking. What are your thoughts on social networking? Ooh, I feel like 
in this society because of capitalism. <laughs> it's definitely somewhat necessary to establish networks. I think it's just important to keep the labels between acquaintances who you network with on a professional level and your actual friends. And I think in general, just making sure you're comfortable with the relationships you're having with people and where you're calling it. Because I think social networking and just relationships where you're just sort of trying to grow professionally can definitely be draining socially and mentally because there's so much competition. You're also trying to be nice to them so you can get on the same page and all of that. So I think personally, it just all depends on what you value and what you want from it and how you want to maintain those relationships with your friendships, your academics, your actual professional you know, career and all that. But for me, I'm definitely going to be doing some professional like social networking in college just because my school really, really values that. It's like not even the fall quarter already. And I already have like two things lined up. They have like these like little like conferences and like little events that you can go to to like jumpstart your career or whatever. I'm just like going to see what's up. Like, I don't think I'm going to be too hard on myself to like get a job tomorrow or anything. I just want to check it out and just look at what it's like. I think it's so important just to take it slow, see what you're comfortable with and go from there. Exactly. I totally agree with the part about making sure to separate those social networks from your actual platonic relationships. Mm-hmm. I really hate the idea of social networking. I, I don't like not being genuine. You know, social networking, a lot of times you pretend to care about what other people are saying <laughs> to mm-hmm. be on good terms with them. And I really hate doing that. It's not genuine. But I do recognize the importance as well. It's always good to have a couple of people on your mind and be like, oh, this person's probably good for this job, even though I barely know them. And, you know, being yourself being on other people's minds um, when they think about opportunities. In all honesty, social networking might be a bit easier to maintain than even like casual friendships. Because you don't want to do too much work about it. It's only your skills and abilities that determine whether or not they want to keep you in their little networking circle. And the most people they have to do is to show up, say hi, and be nice to them every once in a while. <laughs> I would say it's like very low maintenance, and there's like some pretty high good results that yields from it. But I honestly, on a personal level, I just don't like being that disingenuous with someone and not making a connection with someone or just pretending to care about someone, even though we both know that we don't really care that much on a personal level. If I'm speaking honestly, I haven't really had the chance to like actually network with people in real life other than on LinkedIn. I can't say I've experienced the ingenuine um side of things, but I definitely can see it happening, especially in like movies and all that, where you know all the coworkers are just like pretending to be nice to each other, but they actually hate each other. I definitely don't want to engage in that, but I think I don't know in the workplace or in your networking circle. I think in life in general, it's just always better to just be nice to people and I think that's going to be the route I'll try to maintain because obviously it's going to be so exhausting just being so oftentimes or sometimes ingenuine to people but I think if you keep a nice and positive mindset in the way that you just approach everyone in that manner I think eventually it wouldn't really make a difference you know what I mean I think what gave me a really bad impression of it is DECA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was, no. Because I never joined any stuff like that. So you definitely have more experience than I do. 
It's no, it's mainly more of like the coffee chats that make you have. I think I attended like some of your social events for networking, and oh my god, that scarred me for life. Oh my god. <laughs> Hopefully, university is going to turn that around because I actually need to start social networking. Well, I think we've been half online friends for the majority of high school because of the pandemic, and obviously, we are also IRL friends. And I really think there's a distinct difference in between, especially how we interact and how it's like in general. I feel like it's a bit different with us because we knew each other first, and then we became online friends, and then we <laughs> we are active in real life again. But at least for me, I kind of noticed that being online, I'm a much more crude and bold person. In <laughs> oh my god, I was gonna say one of our friends made a meme that was like Maggie online versus Maggie in person, and like the one of Maggie online was like. The ghost meme. I don't know if that's like the right term. Like the dark figure floating and like chasing a person. And then like Maggie in real life is like normal. <laughs> oh my god, we have to like post that as part of the um Instagram promo picture. No, we do. Like included as a slide. So like if you listen to the episode, you'll get the reference. <laughs> I still have that. Wait, let me find it right now. Continue. <laughs> and the thing is that remind me because I think when we were still in high school during second semester, I met some new friends in my new classes and we only talked during class so we're like I guess IRL acquaintances but then one day because of project that I did we had to chat a bit online and I said some bold jokes and they just like stopped texting for a while and they're like is this actually Maggie? <laughs> hacked. They, yeah, they, they literally thought that I was hacked or like one of my friends took my phone and like was like messing with them. <laughs> so yeah, my online personality, I I really want to translate into real life because I feel like that's more true to who I am. But I just find it awkward to do in real life because I think everything just seems more formal in real life. People are more judgy and there's a lot more things to judge you on. <laughs> But you know me in real life, I'm usually pretty reserved. I don't really say much or contribute too much. And I definitely feel a lot more awkward. I think it's mainly a lot of people are looking at you or they're very attentive to your intentions by reading your body language, by reading your tone. They need to be extra careful in how you want to convey things. That brings up a really interesting point because a lot of people have trouble conveying things online and trying to make sure that they're not misunderstood because you don't have those aspects to help you communicate things but for me I feel like I tend to miscommunicate things more in real life because sometimes I'm just anxious talking to people and I have a very anxious front and even though I really want to talk to them but I have those anxious physical tells that makes them uncomfortable talking to me if you know what I mean I just feel like like me talking online is more true to my true personality yeah I totally get that I had a little bit of a different experience, but generally I feel like, especially within the first couple of years of high school, I was definitely more outgoing and like true to myself online compared to in person. But then as COVID hit, I realized that I became more social because of like this online platform that everyone was like suddenly using and like, I guess like in classes with our friends with like texting and everything. Because everything like suddenly became fully online. I felt like that was just like my place to thrive, you know? So I became more comfortable like speaking up in class and just like unmuting myself. And like, I feel like it's the same with like friendships, how I was acting online before the pandemic versus now. And during the pandemic, it's like sort of the same. But I feel like because the pandemic happened and I felt that maybe more people were suddenly like used to this like front I had online. 
I became more, I guess, like sociable in person. And I guess like when COVID ended, right, everybody was just like looking for each other's company as much as possible, but like keeping everyone safe as well. And I feel like that just increased my desire, but also like ability to like be more social in person and just like valuing that more. So in terms of like online versus in real life friendships, at one point, I definitely enjoyed online more. And then like throughout COVID, as it like slowly lengthened and because like in Ontario, there's like so many shutdowns, it like lasted like so long. I feel like now that I've like started to like interact with people more in real life and starting to going back to school and just everything like that, I feel like I really value relationships like that are in person, like whether that's like academically or socially and especially just about like COVID COVID really makes people value relationships and I think before COVID because everything was more in person every day I get home that just marks the ends of my social interactions with with most of my peers and when I get home that's my alone time and like when it's time to myself I don't really talk to anyone but when everything became online that kind of blended together and other people just became a lot a, a more important aspect of your life and especially with restrictions for preventing you from actually socializing and you kind of also you know want to get that socialization as well yeah like I feel like in one way COVID destroyed my social life in terms of like in real life <laughs> interactions but I think in another way it made me more confident in like fully living this personality that I felt like was more easy to communicate online like you said with I feel like it's often a little bit more awkward or like it's more anxious to like act a certain way in real life especially when making first impressions that was definitely more difficult for me than it is now obviously there's still like its barriers in terms of, like making new friends as a whole but yeah I feel like COVID as a whole it just made me shift from more of an online person to an in real life person but now it's after COVID after everything it's things are definitely more of like a hybrid I definitely enjoy my in real life social interactions but I find that it's so great that I see online friendships as like an option to continue my day after I get back home like, mm. I can still talk to people from far away and all that without having that as my only options and that that sounds so sad but at one point that's like truly what I sort of like preferred just like having everything online I feel like nowadays it's just so nice after we get back home from school and then you just like relax right and then you can just chat even more with like people who are too tired to hang out with you <laughs> or like just people you haven't seen in a while or can't access right away. I also think online friendships are easier to maintain, in you know, all honesty. In one way, online friendships, if you just send a person a meme and yeah. they really just have to text a reaction to it and you just like like that message, <laughs> basically just reestablish your friendship. Yeah. And, and and if it's like an in-person friendship, you literally have to meet up with that person and go out for like a drink for an hour or something. And I, I would say that's more effort. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like definitely like both has positives and negatives, but like the liking the message feature, that's just like a perfect way to end off a conversation you don't want to like partake in anymore. <laughs> I feel like I'm definitely more of a close friends person than a friend group person. Everyone has their own preferred way of maintaining their friends. But I feel like for me, close friends are like something that I really value. And I think I say that because like in the past for me, at least like none of my friend groups ever really worked out. <laughs> Throughout elementary school, 
I had a group of friends, right? But we all just went to different schools and then we just slowly lost touch. And then in high school, we had a, a group of friends and we were also close friends. But then like one fallout kind of led to another. And then like none of us really like talk in that like friend group anymore, but we're still like pretty close friends. So I feel like with friend groups, the reason why I don't really enjoy it or like where I actively try to like be in a group of friends or like establish a friend group, I feel like they oftentimes have smaller circles of friends inside. There's this meme that if you're in a friend group, there's always like another group chat. Either you're not in or like someone else is not in. And if you're not in the group chat, you're probably the one being left out. (laughs) And if you go out and like in a group of three, right? There's always going to be, like, the two people who are, like, closer. Usually that one person is just, like, left behind or, like, they're just, like, sort of nodding along to, like, the conversation. I'm definitely, like, guilty of, like, accidentally excluding people sometimes. For me, I'm, like, personally the person who makes the most plans with other people. And then, like, people sort of tag along. And then I obviously know everyone, but maybe I'm, like, closer to someone else, another person. So just hang out with people one at a time. Or in a larger group that's like, I feel like odd numbers of people while you're like hanging out is just not good in general. Because if you have like four people, like six people, or like eight people, they can pair up, they can group together. But like, if you have like, say three people or like five people, right? Like even, okay, if you think about it this way, like you're walking the sidewalk and then a sidewalk can typically fit like what? Like two or three people, right? Like when the third person gets squeezed out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I used to be that person who just, like, had to always walk on the grass. I was like, you know what? One day, I was just like, I had enough. So I just, like, started walking behind this group of friends I used to have. And then I was like, wait, this is not the most ideal. So, yeah, friend groups and close friends, there's such a great area in there, too. Because, like, it's so fun hanging out with, like, a large group of people. But I feel like on a level where you're not hanging out, when you're, like, just, like, texting or, like, communicating just like building a friendship in like another way I feel like it's more meaningful to establish that bond on a one-on-one level rather than like a group level I know that it's so fun too to like text in group chats but there's always like a topic right there's always that one person or like a couple people who like just have no idea what you're talking about if that makes sense true yeah when Maggie and I used to like watch like a lot of Minecraft videos with And then we would like talk about it in our group of friends. The other two people had no clue what we were saying. (laughs) That was so funny. (laughs) Honestly, like, don't regret it. No, no, no. (laughs) it's like it's awkward for everyone because you feel guilty for keep on talking about it, but you want to continue on, and they can't join the conversation. So obviously, they're not having the most fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with you on the friend friend groups because I'm not sure about you, but when two people hang out, they make plans to go somewhere. There's some secrets always get spilled on those trips. I'm yeah. not- <laughs> oh my god. I know you probably texted me saying, don't tell this to anyone, but sorry, Maggie's gotta know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like those situations. I'm not sure if it's because of COVID, because like um, we're usually online friends and the few times we meet up in person to make plans. I don't know. I personally really cherish those times and we usually have like pretty deep conversations. Yeah, and either it ends up with someone like spilling like secrets that they swore not to tell other people, or <laughs> or they spill some secrets about themselves, right? Some important information, and that kind of elevates your friendship to another level. Because once again, going back to the whole vulnerability thing, they kind of showed you a layer of vulnerability that they haven't done before. So, anyways, when you're out with two people, bonding during those hangout sessions just increase. 
exponentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I feel like with friend groups, that doesn't really happen. Like you said, it's usually just you go out for fun and that's it. Yeah. And sometimes you can't even have fun because you might not even know everyone really well, or you become that third, fifth, or seventh feel in the group. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to add, like, when you're hanging out with people, you're making plans to like do an activity. But I feel like when you're hanging out with one friend or just that close friend, it's less about the activity you're doing, but more so like the conversation you're having, like while you're doing the activity. Whereas like in friend groups, everyone is just like focused on like doing it. And I think obviously you have your preferences, but I feel like that's also like a large difference. I sort of noticed when you brought that up. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think another really good part of friend groups is you don't really have to say too much. Just do your thing, have fun. And But with close friends, there's, like you said, there's usually a lot of heavy conversations going on and you have to spend more time taking care of that, which a lot of times it's it's a good bonding experience and it's usually a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it just all depends on honestly like what you prefer, but also like your mood for the day. Because like exactly. I can say that I love hanging out with close friends right now, but then like five minutes later I could be like exhausted and then I don't want to be there anymore I'd rather be in a group of friends to make like the communication easier and like following through with the plans easier but one thing about big friend groups is I think it might just be a me thing but insecurities develop really really easily yeah Um, yeah especially when you're that third fifth or seventh wheel people can't really pay attention to you as much. Like for example, if it's two people and you start feeling really down or insecure for one reason or another, the other person will probably notice and comfort you. And those big friend groups, that usually won't happen because like you said, everyone's mostly focused on just hanging out and doing those activities and not really on how you're doing or uh, what's going on in your life right now. Back to like what I was saying about like those friend groups that just have like a smaller circle of friends that's like such like a prominent thing that happens because like there's those insecurities that you develop maybe because of this within a group of people you're like close to them right so they know you more than like maybe like other people so you're vulnerable to like more people at once you can't obviously like simultaneously like make sure that they know like the best version of you so like I feel like you're always like walking on eggshells you always just have to be on your best constant behavior towards those people like if one person notices like maybe this flaw that you have this like insecurity that you're like dealing with and then they're like oh like you know I notice this person is like this and this to like the other people then like you're out of the friend group you know (laughs) like when you're like vulnerable with one person and you mess up typically like it's fine right because first of all, you're not exposing yourself to other people at that time. But also like in that way, when you're vulnerable with less people, or just like that one person, it's like, it's a helpful way to bond. Right. But obviously there's like healthy friend groups. And I think like, there's like a big trope that's also like, oh, friend groups suck. But like, it's definitely just like a double-edged sword that I don't really want to mess with. <laughs> Agreed. And just on what you were talking about, there's definitely people in a friend group that you're more close with. And there's also definitely that one or two people that you barely know anything about. And when you're forced to hang out with those people, I feel like that's the most uncomfortable. It's like being left alone at a party. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that reminds me, of, in high school, I knew so many friend groups of people who were like couples like the whole friend group which is like sets and sets of couples they were just like all dating people or like each other and then (laughs) and then like it'd be so awkward when they hang out because like maybe like this person's girlfriend that person's like guy friend or a boyfriend or like something like that like they don't know each other and it's just like how are you supposed to bond 
and like exactly it's so awkward (laughs) yeah I don't know about you but I feel like in friend groups it's hard to establish boundaries because like you said people will just start noticing things out of like nowhere and they might start gossiping with their closer friends in friend groups and and I feel like it's just really hard to kind of really know where they are in terms of their relationship with you and how they view you and how well you fit into the friend group I can't say that I haven't been guilty of like talking crap about someone (laughs) but (laughs) it's just like I feel like in those situations it's like inevitable it hurts more when you're like in a friend group and then you find out someone you're like supposed to be close with starts like talking about you and like to other people and I feel like it's different from being friends with someone and then being friends with someone else and like telling them about something if that makes sense yeah yeah get that and obviously like talking about other people like in a negative light is bad like you said this like revealing secrets and just like being vulnerable and like sharing tea or whatever like I feel like that's a part of every friendship, honestly. There's such a stigma around, like, people, like, talking shit about each other behind each other's backs. And obviously, that's, like, not great. There's definitely, like, it's moral negatives. But I feel like we need to, like, public acknowledge that, like, everybody does it. Like, no matter how nice you are of a person, there's someone talking about you or, like, you're talking about someone else. Whether that's positively or negatively. That just happens. Yeah, humans thrive on gossip. Wait, there's like this like quote in the book like Sapiens. The reasons why like human even like developed in the age and the age we are is like we just like gossiping so much. We like talking about everything to everyone else, and that's how information spreads. <laughs> yeah, that's why journalism exists, and like yeah. that's why we have freedom of speech. I sound like a Republican, but like honestly, like I'm not saying go out there and like talk shit about everyone you know, right? But it's just like in those rare moments. I think like with close friendships, one of the main issues is like when you get too close to a point where they start disrespecting you. <laughs> right, yeah. Or like they just expect you to be okay with like, for example, like being late or like making plans, like not showing up or something. It's one thing to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to be late or like I'm working on something right now. Like I'm going to be like busy today or like tomorrow, like let's reschedule or something. Right. But like, I think you told me like you had like a call or something and then like, they just like left you on the call for like 20 minutes before saying like, oh, I can't call today. <laughs> you know, there's still some kind of respect that exists. With friend groups, the thing is you can't really behave that way because there's other people holding you accountable. And yeah. I feel like that fear of those people gossiping about you behind your back because of your actions, there's like a consequence to your actions because there's multiple people holding you accountable for your actions. But when it's just two people, I feel like you can get to a point where you get too close and they start just disrespecting you whether it be through like what you said being late to things um, not respecting your time or just insulting you in a like a playful manner and sometimes just like goes too far yeah oh my god another thing we need to talk about is how like within close friends obviously you tease you make jokes sometimes like with your friends about like each other and all that but I feel like like, another thing that I find really disrespectful and I don't know if it's like an unpopular opinion it's like when like you're a close friend like goes to other people to like make jokes about you and you might not even like know those people too well uh, one of my personal pet peeves is when your close friends start to get like too quote-unquote physical with you right oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's like i'm not the most touchy person ever and i get that you want some hugs right but <laughs> i think you can get hugs from other people as well you don't have to get it from me and right. i don't think it's too hard of a thing just to understand like oh i don't like hugs that much don't hug me 
And even it doesn't matter how close we are. Me not hugging you doesn't mean that we're like less close than you and other friends will hug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like those type of people they rely on like the physical side of like relationships a bit too much than like they should on the emotional aspect. If that makes sense. Even in like romantic relationships, I feel like oftentimes we'll stay with each other because they have that physical connection. But I feel like with friends, it's like obviously it's like nice to be hugged. It's like nice to like show your affection for people. But like sometimes I feel like people just assume they're comfortable with things. Oh, I don't want to like talk shit. I had this like recent instance where like I just met this person, right? Mm-hmm. And then like the next day when we hung out together, like. This person was like hugging me every time they saw me, and like I was sort of caught off guard because like none of my friends and me are too touchy. Like maybe the most we do is like pretend to hold hands as a joke or something. Yeah, like like we do that. Like speaking of that, we should talk about like establishing boundaries and friendships. The note that I wrote under that <laughs> was "Don't be a dick," and that's in the book. Valid. That's pretty valid. All you have to do is just be a respectful human, because there's no friendship that's, or there's no even relationship that's just like it's fifty fifty. You guys both know what each other wants, or like you guys both, you know, want maintain like this like certain level of like physical boundary or like emotional bound. There's always that one party establishes the boundary. You know what I mean? Like yeah. sometimes when friendships end, when the people establishing the boundary are being like oh you know like I'm not really comfortable with this and then the other party gets offended and then like they're just like oh okay I guess you don't want to be my friend anymore or something and then like that's how like I feel like even relationships too it's like establishing boundaries doesn't mean like we like you any less we respect you any less you know I feel like going back to the point of just respecting someone's boundaries lying down boundaries doesn't interfere with how close you are with that person you know yeah for example, for one reason or another, I don't want to talk about certain things for whatever reason with you. Those may be things that you you would typically expect, you know, normal friends or close friends will talk about. But I just don't want to talk about those things. That doesn't mean that I'm not like a close friend to you, if that makes sense. People are uncomfortable. Just making people comfortable doesn't interfere with the closeness of the friendship. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like just communicating is like such an important like aspect of just everything not just like friendships but like I think making making sure that like people are comfortable and like happy right it, you don't have to be like oh you have to follow these rules to like be my friend make sure both of y'all are like respecting those boundaries at least and like making sure everyone's comfortable and happy I know that like some of my other friends I've recently made they told me that like for example like they're like texting someone their friends which is like hover over them could look at their phone while like they're doing something on it and obviously other people are comfortable with that but like for me that's just like such an invasion of privacy and yeah. I would just like never do that to anyone and obviously I wouldn't be like mad if somebody did that to me it would just make me a bit uncomfortable yeah. so it's just like literally just like maintaining that respect I feel like no matter how close you're with someone whether that's like friendships relationships or like with family respect I think circling back to what we were talking about like in the beginning of the episode like that's just something you have to maintain with everything you know and I guess with boundaries first of all like when people cross your boundaries you probably haven't talked about your boundaries to them (laughs) and second of all like this happens when I think it's mostly your worldview or like I guess your habits are just different I feel like there's also times and points where those habits just interfere so much with your relationship with that person you just can't really go on being friends or being that close of friends with someone anymore 
I feel like for me is when people have certain political opinions that are very dehumanizing to certain people or certain things that I really care about or, or think down that line. That's when I feel like when I talk to them, I just can't see them the same way as I do without knowing that they have their opinions. I'm not sure if that's like a bad thing to say. But that's just my take. For me, if there are political opinions or like identities or whatever, right? If it has something to do like with jeopardizing your rights, I don't think that's a good friendship to be in. Yeah. Because like, I don't know, at a human level, they probably don't respect you too much or like can't because of that. I feel like in general, it all depends on the respect you have for someone because like, how do they see you beyond your race, sexuality, finances, like everything? You can definitely bond over those things. And people are definitely, especially in this like generation, we're like more accepting of each other. At the end of the day, if there's a drastic difference in like you and like your friends, can they respect that? Can you respect each other beyond like those differences? I think that's how I kind of see it. Because even with different political opinions that doesn't have something to do with people's actual like rights right like their well-being and like whether or not they should thrive on a basic human level I think even beyond that like with other things even if you're just having like a nice debate with each other if that person is disrespecting you I know like Maggie I was there for this like particular altercation (laughs) like there's this person y'all were debating on like a topic that's like pretty controversial and like even though I agree with the other person's like political opinion the way they were speaking to you was just like so disrespectful like they were commenting on like your level of education on the topic just stuff like that it's like I feel like it doesn't matter whether or not y'all are like different but it's just like the respect we're all people respect over differences but also like if they literally like don't think you should have rights politically speaking then like drop them (laughs) yeah yeah, i I agree with your take on it i used to be someone who's like oh i don't care beyond our current relationship i don't care what your political opinions are or culture habits or anything like that that's what i used to think but now like thinking about it a lot of their beliefs in that aspect like you said tells a lot about whether they respect you on a basic level for example i just thought of this like what if you had a friend who is like very very anti-vax they went to rallies they organized rallies of some protests in that regard and you try to talk to them about it and like i don't know they're very very against your opinions as well i don't know to that extent i really don't think i can continue the friendship because of how their political opinions really interferes with the way that like our relationship like forms yeah especially with your close friends if you can't even see eye to eye on like some things how are you supposed to establish like the bond that comes after that right a forever on being politically active. B and have vax will threaten my well-being. So I'm probably not gonna be friends with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you try to explain to them why you are like pro-vax, like, I can't believe I just said pro-vax, but like <laughs> it shouldn't be a thing that you have to say. And they still can't really see to you, and they're still really, really passionate about you know ideas that threaten your life. It'll be a difficult friendship to maintain. <laughs> yeah, it's not even just whether or not the person's like disrespecting your opinion. They're just like stubborn. If it jeopardizes like your ability to be happy or like be healthy and like safe, then like probably don't be friends with them. <laughs> Speaking of toxic friendships, let's talk about when is the right time to leave a friendship behind. I think, first of all, there's this Bojack Horseman quote that I saw. <laughs> I don't- <laughs> fits really well into the situation it's something like along the lines of 
it takes like a long time to realize that you're miserable and it takes even longer to realize that you can it doesn't have to be that way or something like that yes oh my god that's such a <laughs> oh my god i really like <laughs> i like that quote too it's such a like perfectly embedded like if this was an english essay you have inserted it at the exact right spot <laughs> But yeah, I feel like it's oftentimes really difficult to realize that a friendship is not good for you. And like the quote says, it's like really difficult to realize that this person is making you really unhappy and you don't have to deal with them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I haven't really gone through that personally, but if I were to go through that situation and I come to that realization, I was like, oh, wow, person's really screwing up my life just being around them. I would personally just phase out progressively talk less to them and hopefully they get the hint i'm not a very confrontational person yeah i agree i feel like the right time to leave a friendship behind is when it becomes negative for you or like makes you unhappy uncomfortable and just like stuff like that i feel like my take on it would be like trying to communicate with them to resolve the issue if possible but like if things are still the same or even getting worse and you know maybe like the friendship has just like outgrown itself and then you guys have grown apart and I feel like that's okay I would sort of take phasing out method as well unless like the person is like super confrontational is like why aren't we talking so much anymore and then just like approaches you and like asks you a bunch of like questions I feel like I would be really clear-cut because obviously that's like sort of what they're looking for you know I feel like in those situations when it becomes so toxic to a point that like it's affecting one party I bet the other party will usually also notice it the reaction of the effect party usually would bring some negative emotions to the person that's inducing it so usually I think it's like a mutual scenario in which both people just slowly realize it's not a good friendship I think the right way to resolve it is being respectful of each other no matter if you're the dumper or the dumpy I think the right thing to do in any situation is just just be nice and respectful obviously communicate clearly don't sugarcoat anything but I think it's hard to like realize that you're going through this fallout but like I think the right way to like execute it and make sure that everything is good and healthy for you in the long term is just to be respectful and it it just like ties back to the whole thing of just being respectful to friends don't be a dick (laughs) Yeah, yeah like you said yeah for personal like experiences the people I've ended friendships with have typically seeked a lot of closure. I think it's like valid to do that because growing up as kids, right? If like our parents don't buy us like something that they promised us or like they don't take us a place they promised us, like we want to know why. But yeah. I feel like as you grow up or for me at least, like one thing I learned to just think sort of leave things be and just see how they sort of play out, especially as you like go on into the professional world, like people are going to like BS reasons and you're just not going to really get that closure all the time. And I think it's sort of those situations where it's like you can either let it drive you sort of crazy or you can just like simply move on. I feel like with toxic relationships and friendships in general, if you think, you know, it's like, oh, it's so hard for me to leave this because like I have this obligation to like stay friends with someone or, you know, I have this obligation to like provide an explanation or even on the other ends, like, I want to know why. As humans, we're always looking for an explanation on certain things and just sort of trying to find a reason, trying to know why am I being left behind and all that. I think sometimes we just need to live in the present and accept that this is what's happening. <laughs> and I know that's so harsh, but... It's natural to ask why. And yeah. 
if the person doesn't want to explain, you really can't force them. Again, don't be a dick. Respect their unwillingness to explain. They probably have a reason. And they don't owe you an explanation or anything. Like you said, I feel like just people who are very persistent are just doing themselves a disservice. <laughs> They're spending yeah. a lot of time and energy into something that's making both themselves and other people unhappy. Yeah, exactly. For me, like the correct way to leave a friendship behind is thinking a lot hard about it than like when you're communicating this to the other person you state a few reasons briefly and just like thank them for the friendship maybe like confide in a friend to like how to communicate effectively on the along the way but yeah uh, one thing that I'm very sought on about leaving friendships or just having conflicts in friendships it's like always be respectful because I see a lot of people someone like disrespects them right they immediately shoots back with more disrespect and they're like, oh, I can be disrespectful to them because they started it. And I really hate that mentality. You being respectful to one person isn't affected by how much respect that they show you. Withhold leaving friendships behind um, or just dealing with toxic friendships. My general advice for anybody who's looking for advice on that is just be respectful and don't be a dick. <laughs> Even though if they're a dick to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just going to add that, like, when, you know, you receive an unpleasant message, you know, it doesn't have to be within friendships it can be like work or anything at all right like for me like the rule is to always like calm down before you respond or react because like when you give yourself that time to just feel your feelings right it gives you the opportunity to respond in a way that's mature you can cry you can be angry you can be whatever right but what ultimately matters is how you respond to that person when if you're respectful like you haven't done anything wrong right you haven't hurt anybody I, I saw somewhere on reddit that if you receive like something that's like super unpleasant that's like life-changing in a way but not life-changing but like it alters you know your day or like how a certain person might play a role in your life the rule of thumb is to just like wait 24 hours right to respond and whatever and if it still bothers you after that period of time then like it's best to just talk it out yeah, exactly. That That's like really amazing advice, actually, because I also came up with like this rule for myself, at least just when you're feeling negative emotions in general, like, like you said, sometimes you might receive a, a news that's like, make you think, oh, this is the end of the world, you know, right? After this message, you know, like you're so upset, you're so scared or whatever. Usually after receiving that message, like if you can take a nap and you wake up, and it's probably not going to seem like the end of the world anymore because you had time to process it. You actually had time to like, you know, sit there and just, you know, not be in a human moment and feel all those really intense emotions that you get when receiving those news like that. So yeah, that's really great advice. So you know how I brought, the, brought up that scenarios uh, with the whole anti-vaxxer thing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's like a lot of, really interesting scenarios or positions that you can find yourself in and they're usually pretty difficult to deal with and so yeah we found some really interesting ones online and we're just going to go through what we're going to how we're going to react if we're ever in situations like that so yeah okay what would you do if your friend is hitting on someone you like Ooh, <laughs> i feel like communicate to the friend of like hey I like this person you know but like I think ultimately for me at least I feel like friendships typically last longer than relationships so maybe you should ditch the person you like and be with your friend to get no I'm joking 
those were hoes another level <laughs> yeah yeah like I think that's why like some people especially like when you start developing a crush on your friend you're not sure if you should like take it to the next level because there's just that fragile like aspect in relationships that doesn't really apply to friendships yeah like if my friend was hitting on someone like you know I feel like we should just sit down and have a conversation I feel like the expected reaction would sort of be like oh my god I hate this friend like I can't believe they would betray me like this and that's like the trope in the movies right and then like y'all have like a huge fight or whatever but I feel like just sitting down being adults about it you know and just be like do you value this like potential of a relationship with this other person that you both like over the friendship or do you guys both value this friendship more or, or something like that or you know just working out a way that doesn't you know result in an unwanted love triangle <laughs> what is the ideal reaction that they would have to you sitting down and talking to them about it hmm. honestly the ideal would just be like neither of us make any advances towards this person like we just both forget about this person yeah yeah agreed <laughs> I feel like that also depends on like what type of friend you have though because like if it's someone you really trust that's definitely the ideal solution but, like if it's like something you really know well I would personally just like give up on the on the person I like unless it's like somebody I, I feel like it's going to be like a really really great match for me like I'm probably just gonna let it be <laughs> yeah I agree with that. that's probably what I would do as well just on the topic of you know you said that like you personally find that friendships last longer than relationships and that just reminded me of this thing I saw online it's like friendship is such a special relationship out of all the other relationships that you can have because the other relationships that you can have there's always something that ties to it for example let's say romantic relationship perhaps it's your I guess initial aesthetic appreciation of that person's appearance (laughs) that drew you into them or I guess like anything in the realms of like sexual um, desires being fulfilled like that thing tied you to that person and maybe down on the the line of marriage you know sharing properties and sharing finances and you know you know like taking care of a child that also like you know tied your relationship together you're kind of you're not forced to but like this reason is the one part of the many reasons that like kind of forces you to you know interact with this person a lot more than a lot of people and let's say another type of relationship is like familial relationship you can't really choose who your family's with right and you you grew up with these people and you just spend so much time with them because they either have to take care of you or you have to take care of them and you're forced to spend time together and that's how you become so close but with friendships these are the only relationships in life where you really really choose whether or not you want to interact with them for a long time um based on how they treat you their personality and you know how you treat them so it's just such a special and I guess sacred kind of bond that I guess me and society in general just doesn't really value as much as the other relationship that I just talked about um and I just think you know just something there's just something so nice about it because you're both of you are choosing to take time out of your day to spend time with each other get to know each other and there's no other commitment that's forcing you to do it I'm just I'm not sure if you can tell but like I'm totally like a whole friendship before a lot of other relationship person because you know this is the one relationship that I really really choose to commit to or really actively engage in because I care about this person due to you know I guess our shared experiences interests and whatever 
Yeah, for sure. Like, I totally agree with that. Because if you think about it, like, friendships, there's not that familial or, like, romantic turmoil almost or, like, responsibility that comes with that. It's just, like you said, it's two people choosing to spend time with each other and, like, building that emotional connection that's, like, purely emotional. Yeah, it's just like, such a special bond, you know? Both of you just chose each other. Yeah. <laughs> that's why, you know, if you ever like someone and your friend likes them too, just be together instead <laughs> make out with each other probably will solve all the sexual tension <laughs> well like, you guys probably have similar tastes then like <laughs> so next scenario is you have introduced your best friend to another friend of yours and the two of them no longer include you in their plans <laughs> okay let me tell you what i wrote as bullet points under this prompt okay there's one cry oh my god new <laughs> two exit life oh my god. okay <laughs> but, <laughs> like yeah these things happened to me before and it's like it's an yeah. awful feeling yeah but to be honest like i feel like the morally right thing to do if they really vibe with each other like let them be <laughs> let them yeah. vibe yeah exactly uh, yeah, like, what can you do about it? You can't just, like, go in and be, like, stop being friends with each other. Continue being friends, like. Although, like, maybe your bond won't be as close before because they have another close bond that these friends have to tend to. Um, but, yeah. I mean, uh, that's just the situation, right? Like, you can't really do anything about it. It sucks, but, like, I don't think it's... There's any reason to justify you going in there and um, saying something rude about them or... I guess blaming them for the cause of your unhappiness. <laughs> yeah, like what they did is obviously like not great for <laughs> anybody. Like it's like it sucks. It's a horrible feeling. Like this happened to me in the fourth grade. It was like also like really bad because my best friend at the time, she was the only other like Asian kid in like predominantly white class or school. She was like sort of the only person I had because I didn't understand English back then, right? And then like the next year she just like went off with someone else like a new person like a new kid in the school and then like that really sucked because the two of them actually like sort of teamed up oftentimes like I wasn't just excluded they would like start talking about me and that just sucked but like obviously that's not gonna happen now once we're adults so like I feel like you can still communicate with them clearly and you can still make plans with them like outside of that trio right you can like still hang out with friend one and friend two separately and there's nothing stopping you from that right and honestly it's great maybe that they're hanging out by themselves you've helped them create this relationship they probably might have not have found otherwise yeah exactly and th- that's so funny because like the situation that happened with me also happened in fourth grade oh <laughs> yeah and I, I totally get the part where like like when they become closer than your original bond two of them they start teaming up against you. Like, yeah. I had some arguments with my friends and like both of them would just team up with each other or they'll like, they're not really gossip, but like, you know, that one friend who tries to be the, I guess, you know, mediator, but they're closer with the other friend, right? So yeah, yeah you know, they'll comfort them a lot more and it kind of steps into the talking shit about you territory. But in reality, they're just trying to, I guess, sort their feelings out. But anyways, like it's just a bad situation and it's no one's fault to be honest unless like you know those two people are actively harming you um, or you're actively harming them but you know 
just try to be happy what else can you do <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you if you actually feel hurt and left out of a plan that they do maybe like you guys used to do it together and now they're doing it or like you you really would have enjoyed a certain activity maybe just say something like hey like this looks fun let's all go together as a trio next time or something and like I feel like most normal people would probably plan something but like if they keep excluding you then like maybe they're not great friends because like I think there's this whole notion that like the two other people who goes off and be friends together is like they're gonna hate that friend who like originally brought them together I feel like sometimes or even most of the times they enjoy each other's company in that moment because like maybe you and those two friends separately have been like friends for a long time you know they're just like overwhelmed with this excitement of having this new friend and all of a sudden you feel like you're left in the dark but maybe it's like unintentional sometimes I think it just goes back to the whole thing of reacting in a way that's appropriate (laughs) and just taking the time to like process things on your own too yeah exactly and to be honest it's just a bad situation like I said before and at least for me, when I went through that situation, oh my god, it gave me so much trust issues after. <laughs> yeah. How I ended that situation was I eventually stopped being friends with them. And just to be honest, that's like over dramatic. But <laughs> them, they were hanging out a lot. I guess our bond just weren't as you know strong as before. And I found some new people who you know I vibe better can hold conversations without you know feeling too left out. And sometimes that's just what happens. But I remember just being after and it still affects me. I think, yeah, you know, it made me the person today that experience. Like, it just made me so much more insecure about friendships, you know? You're just, like, worried one day you're not going to be good enough. And they'll start excluding you out of your plans and you're just not friends with them anymore. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, I feel like if you're over-relying on that one friend or those two friends, then you should probably find some other friends. I think I, I'm also guilty of this. I have such a great relationship with this one person, but then they're also out hanging out with like another friend of mine and then I feel left out. That definitely like draws a lot of insecurities. But if you fill your like that extra time with other people, making new friends, making new plans, I feel like that's going to not only distract you from that, but also just, you know, like you said, they'll expose you to new people and like new experiences. You would have never gained if you just like stayed with those two friends all the time that's very true yeah and but like you know sometimes it just hurts when like that happens mm-hmm. um to me it happened with my best friend yeah me like, too oh my god oh, yeah. that just hurts yeah it hurts yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just unfortunate there's nothing much you can do except you want right like what else can you do yeah <laughs> so i guess we talked a bit about romantic relationships before but when those two mix what would you do if you absolutely can't stand your friend's partner, a romantic partner or spouse or whatever? Oh my god. It's so funny because like this happened to like us. I was with someone and then I remember in like grade 10, you were like sitting on the piano, like in one of the rooms at our school. You were just like crying. And you were like, Stacy, you're so different now. This person is so bad for you. And then like at the time, because it was not a very healthy relationship for me, I would I didn't know, right? I was just like so stubborn. I just like I was just like, you don't understand, like I'm trying, or like it was just like kind of honestly, it was kind of funny. <laughs> like, was, like, I can just I can hear the conversation right now. Yeah. It's like a really badly written K drama scene. <laughs> you know, for real, because like you're not a very emotional person in person. Uh-huh. Even though like in the moment I didn't really like understand your point, 
eventually as I like thought about things more about the whole situation about like you and like other people telling me of how like this person is just not great I sort of like realized there's a reason why everyone's saying this you know if you can't stand someone's like partner the person receiving the message is definitely gonna be stubborn about it at first but I think eventually they're gonna see your point I think all you can sort of do in that situation is just let them know sort of let things progress and you know eventually I think most people they're gonna come to their senses and obviously if it's like dangerous or like actually really bad you know you should definitely intercept but I think just expressing your concerns and communicating exactly why you feel a certain way I think then you have done your part it's so tricky because like during that time um (laughs) we were in school it, it was so tricky because like I I always felt like you know I don't want to intrude on other people, right? right? You know, this Mm -hmm. is their personal life and it's not my place to comment on how they should act because first of all, I don't know the whole story. And second of all, it's like someone else's choices. So it's it's so tricky because like you want to express your concern, but you also want to make it very clear that you're not, you know, like trying to control them or anything like that, right? Yeah. It's it's such such a tricky situation. And a lot of times, I remember a lot of times when I tried to bring it up to you at that time, I tried to like frame it as a joke. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's like something that like I didn't really understand because a lot of people were joking to me about it. Yeah. And like, I think it's just so much more helpful if you like bring it up in a way that's like you're dead serious. And like when you like cried, that's how I sort of knew. (laughs) Oh, really? Serious. So thank you. Yeah, because like, uh, like you know, like I, I definitely agree. Like the joke, the the bringing up like a joke for you, it's it's definitely not helpful because a lot of times, like when you start joking, right, it just actually turns into a joke. Yeah, <laughs> like that yeah. doesn't take it seriously. Uh, I remember saying it's like we we're talking about, I guess, like things that you did with that with that partner of yours, and then I was like, haha, that's such a red flag. <laughs> yeah yeah like now if I'm like talking to someone there's actually like an issue then like all my friends they bring it up very directly to me because they know that's how I'm gonna like take it best because like with friends jokes especially like you don't know how to react to them right it can be a joke but they can also be dead serious so like for me like my communication style is just like pretty direct so (laughs) I don't know I think it also depends on that person to be honest because like I know there are people who get so defensive on their like personal lives right Right. they don't want anyone to like tell them you're doing whatever wrong right Mm -hmm. Um, and I think with those people like even though you want to help them sometimes you just have to like respect their privacy and boundaries and trust them to take care of themselves because a lot of times if you really forcefully step in you're just gonna make it work worse for them so I'd say it definitely depends on the person yeah the type of person you mentioned I feel like they would feel like as if you don't trust them to make the right choices or something and that's like really bad feeling and it's just going to end up with them rejecting what you have to say yeah and just like isolating themselves from you as well yeah yeah for sure interesting question there (laughs) (laughs) so on to the other end of things so say your colleague with why is it phrased like that with whom you're close (laughs) friends Okay, so say your colleague that's also your close friend, right, is taking advantage of your friendship by slacking off on their work. You were recently maybe promoted or maybe you were already like at a higher level or their supervisor within this work. 
what would you do? This also happened to us. Okay, first of all, we found these like scenarios on the internet. And we thought they were really interesting. Uh, but yeah, but some of them, they actually happened to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, I think it's definitely helpful and I encourage everyone to do this. Separate friendship and work. They're yeah. different identities and the relationship you have like with your friend who is also a colleague, those two relationships as coworkers and friends should also be separate. Or else things are just going to turn into big mess and people start thinking things personally. And ruin yeah, exactly. And I think um, that's why they say like avoid working with or like starting a business with a friend who you don't really know well. Oh, that's true. It just yeah. does not end well. <laughs> yeah, because like you're so, like, your friendship isn't really established and you're also starting a work relationship and juggling those two, it's going to be a disaster <laughs> in most cases. Yeah, for sure. Like I personally think separating someone's professional and personal life is just so important. Like it's like with a friend, right? That there's that gray area. At work, for example, you wouldn't talk about your your sex life or something. And then like with your friends, you typically don't talk about like a financial report you wrote, right? But when you like mix those things together, especially when you're at a higher level or you're supposed to be making sure that they they're completing their work first of all for example I found that like if you try to like pull them aside and be like yo you gotta do your work right before that actual conversation starts you, you obviously have to catch up on your life right and then you, you just like go down a spiral of talking about all your personal stuff and you just never get to the work stuff or like if you're trying to like have a work session together and then everything you talk about eventually becomes about your personal life you know and it's hard to like establish that boundary when it's with a friend because like personally I'm a very like strict you know you got to meet your freaking deadlines like if you if you miss it or like if you you know slack off or if you don't hand in your best work but with friends I have trouble doing that I become less confrontational with people who are close to me because you know that relationship is important to me and I don't want to potentially ruin it for something as like I guess like mundane as a deadline right Uh, it's hard for me because like my personal values like I value work but I also value my friendships like so much right and it just clashes and I just can't seem to like establish sort of one set of rules I need to go by so it's just like such a hard gray area to navigate I feel like a really useful thing because I think a lot of work that we were doing in high school that were either you know school projects or I guess nonprofit work or like you know youth organization and all that so it, what makes it really really tricky is we don't have business hours so yeah. like your personal life with this person who's also a friend and also a colleague it's very very blurred and it's kind of up to you to really make it clear when you guys are being friends and when you guys are just being co-workers mm-hmm. um and I find it really helpful it's like if I ever get into like a work session with someone um, and we need to like catch up a bit at first, um, once we're like done with catching up, like I find it really helpful just like tell them, okay, now let's start working. And just to like, you know, say like sentences that makes it very clear that, oh, we're done with the friendship part. We're going to start the work part. And then after that, we're done working and we still want to hang out for a bit. Like I would usually just say, oh, okay, we're done with work now. <laughs> you know, we're going to start talking about other stuff. I feel like establishing those boundaries on like what topic or what kind of relationship you are right now when you're talking to that person is really, really helpful in that aspect. Yeah, I agree. I think 
that's definitely such a great tip to like resolve that like certain problem when it comes to when are we doing work when are we being friends I think where like my issue with working with a close friend comes is those tough conversations you've got to have when you know they're slacking off or like there's just like not a lot of communication going on with your friend that's about the work right it's like maybe they haven't handed in something for a while or like they're not doing their best work and you're noticing like there's sort of this burnout and they're not just maybe they're missing meetings or just like stuff like that when you look at it from I guess like a friendship perspective you would think that's pretty small right but when you look at it from a work perspective missing a meeting that contains a lot of important information you're you're gonna want to catch up on that but you don't know how to bring it up to them like obviously communicating clearly is so important but I think for me even though I tell myself to be like clear it'd be very I guess like stern or like blunt but obviously professionally and respectfully I think I still have trouble doing that and like I I I know that like (laughs) through high school I had to like make Maggie do a lot of that because I sucked with that (laughs) like I I just do the same thing like I described before like some when I begin those serious talks sometimes we catch up first as friends and then we like okay we're done with that (laughs) time to do something else And after that serious conversation, if that friend is still up to hanging out or talking for a bit, I I usually encourage like hanging out a bit after those serious talks where, you know, I'm telling them that they're slacking off or they're doing something wrong. I usually encourage that we like talk a bit more after just to like bring it back to the positive yeah. side of things. If they're still up for that, right? I'll just say, okay, now we're done with that talk. We can talk about something else. And it usually works decently well. Yeah, I think it leaves it off on a good note too. But you know, I feel like after having like those experiences, I'm I'm just gonna avoid working with friends. Yeah, within work, I think it's like you don't really need to be responsible for their actions, right? It's when you, they they do things that also jeopardize your productivity and like what you're producing for the company or like workplaces sound so professional and like neither of us had jobs yet but like <laughs> you know what I mean like I think it applies to friendships as a whole if they're doing something that jeopardizes you especially in work it's just best to like resolve in that manner like you exactly. said agreed and oh my god and one thing I did want to bring up in this section is when I was working one of the people I'm working with um I think I was acting as their supervisor I was also like in a relationship with that just made it like even more awkward <laughs> okay, here we go. That I forgot about like, that that doesn't sound like a good relationship to be honest like imbalance of power but it's like, I'm sorry <laughs> it's not a full-time job so it's just I don't know, outside of school extracurricular work yeah I remember that like I didn't know at the time and it was just weird because I was like why are you being like so straightforward with some people but not as straightforward with this person and then like I sort of made it out I was like oh (laughs) (laughs) but like I think after a while like I think that's in the beginning of when we were working together outside of school Mm -hmm. um but like after a while I kind of figured out like how I should balance it and I think another good thing that like me and my partner at the time we set up was that we don't talk about work in our personal dms or any personal form of communication we do all the work communication in um the server that we use to communicate that work right the the, the work server yeah that the company uses so that just makes things a lot better because it made it really easy to switch from the mindset of okay now i'm speaking to i'm a co-worker and now i'm speaking to my partner right 
Yeah, I think we even did that like with each other as friends. Like we made like a separate channel just for work. Another, I mean, like in DMs, that's for friends, right? Yeah, exactly. And if we are calling in the server on a work server about work, right? That makes it very easy to distinguish from a call that we'll have in the DMs or in a recreational server that we have with friends. Yeah, exactly. But we did play Minecraft on the work server. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a different. That's a different. Like, because like sometimes it's the most convenient, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because that um, coworker or yeah that I was like in a relationship at the time is we started out as friends, and mm-hmm. I think we mutually had crushes on each other, and it was that situation, you know, Aww. the friends to lovers are. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> so like I I don't know about you but like what do you do you know when you have a crush on a friend how do you handle it well I have like stories to tell but like I'm curious oh my god okay that's so funny because I actually have a crush on a friend right now (laughs) imagine if they're listening right now I think they do listen to this podcast (laughs) oh my god that's so bad okay hi if you're listening I don't know if you know who you are, but I like you. Like, I want to make sure it's real. Like, I want to make sure it's, like, something that's, like, long-term. That's, like, I'm feeling for a while. And it's, like, building up, you know? So, yeah. But I think once I realize that, like, I like somebody, I'm going to make an effort to, like, obviously, like, get to know them better, you know? Because, like, I think, like, just getting to know someone in general, like, you don't know everything about them, like, from the very beginning, and it takes a very long time for you to know someone. So, I think that's why I take a long time when it comes to, like, establishing whether or not I have a crush on someone, right? It's, like, I want to make sure this person isn't, like, a serial killer, or, like, this person doesn't think I should have, (laughs) you know? Like, I want to make sure they're, they're good people, and, like, that we're, like, compatible beyond, you know, just being friends, and, like, just having things in common and all that and yeah and it's hard because like I don't want to come across as like creepy you know because like when I think about like having a crush on a friend there's like that type where it's like you guys have been friends for a while and then like you start to realize you like this person but there's also like the other type it's just like those creeps who like who see you from afar and they're like I'm gonna be friends with this person just to like you know be with them and like that's so creepy I know it happens pretty often because like there's obviously people who try to get to know people just as friends right but there's also people who get to know people with other intentions and I don't want to come across as a ladder (laughs) so yeah but like in terms of like getting responses it's like if, if you eventually confess right like if the friend likes you back which I guess is sort of your situation right it's amazing you know and but like if they don't that's like oh it's like detrimental because like it's gonna be so awkward being friends with them and like (laughs) you sure you can just say oh let's continue being friends but like it's now we're gonna be the same you know and it's like a part of me sort of just wants to live in this scenario forever where we're just sort of stuck between you know friends but also like not friends not just friends but it's also frustrating being in that area (laughs) Yeah, got that. And like that part we talked about, like double checking whether, oh, is this actually romantic intentions or like platonic intentions? Totally get that. Because, like, to be honest, I still find it difficult to differentiate that. Because when you're really, really close friends with someone, the amount of trust and vulnerability you put into this person 
for me, I would say it's the same I put into a potential romantic partner. When I was like, I guess I was younger, I will evaluate it based on that. I was like, how much I would trust this person on that. But obviously there's more factors to it. And that's what makes these two relationships different, like from a very close friend to a romantic partner, right? But I always find it really difficult to like distinguish that. I'm not sure about you, especially like, let's say if the person that you like is the same gender, it's even harder to like kind of differentiate that, oh, whether this is just a friendship or if this is something. Right, yeah. Especially with those, I guess, like gender stereotypical and like, you know how like in the media, there's always like those tropes of people. It's like, if this person dresses a certain way, they must be like a certain sexuality or something like that. Like, it's so hard because like, even as I'm making new friends, I can sort of get a sense of like what they think my sexuality is or like what my gender is and it's like sort of uncomfortable because like I don't want to be like actively out yet or Mm. like anything like that right but like it's just like I know that like they have a certain like expectation of me just because of how I appear and it's hard to like you know establish that like clear profile like oh who am I into what am I to like people you like because you know you're not sure what they are or like they're not sure what you are Exactly. because And also these like expectations that society has also affects the way you view these relationships internally. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like you'll be like, oh, I kind of feel this way, like romantically towards this person that, I, uh, that is the same gender as me. But like based on societal expectations, right, I don't seem like the type of person who will be like, I guess, into the people of the same gender. You're having your own feelings like confused and trying to figure them out. You also are trying to compare to what society is expecting of you. And especially when like what you're experiencing doesn't really match what society is expecting. Like it just makes everything so much more confusing and you really don't know what to do. A lot of times what I find is, you know, and my friends with like guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times like I'll be questioning, oh, am I having like romantic feelings towards him? because that's what society expects right yeah yeah exactly yeah like if a girl and guy interacts like they're probably like you know romantically interested in each other and even though I probably don't feel that way like I'm questioning like am I feeling that way because this is what society expects of me so you know yeah yeah exactly and I feel like when you even like try to reach out and like make guy friends or stuff like that it's it's there's sort of this like expectation that comes along with just like you reaching out it's like you must be interested in that person or like me and oftentimes that's the case right but like mm-hmm. I think from a platonic level because of these social expectations the way people present like not even just like sexuality speaking but like even with like maybe two people who have like opposite aesthetics or something like that like oh, yeah. opposite things are into like you don't expect them to be together and like when you're in those positions it's like oh my god I like this person but I don't even know why like yeah. is it because we have these differences or like you know is it because I actually like this person but then like oh my god we're so different like there's no way this person would ever like me you know like that sort or, of thing or you'll have those conversations with yourself or like oh this person's so different like why would I like this person so yeah. I'm probably not into them so it's probably a very close friendship but even though you're feeling something else like yeah exactly it's just confusing (laughs) I guess like in those scenarios oh I remember when I was in that stage it was really scary because like you said like you value this friendship right Mm -hmm. and if you you know make that move things aren't gonna be the same exactly unfortunately yeah 
because I don't, I think it's going to be very difficult. Okay, let's say if I confess to someone and they, they reject me and they still want to be friends. I think it's really diff difficult because like I would still see them in the romantic light. I can't just like turn that off. <laughs> like yeah. Romantic be gone. Friendship uh, will continue with that. <laughs> we can't do that. And so it just becomes like a really imbalanced relationship. Right, exactly. And like the problem with me is like over the years as I like fell in and out of like relationships and all that, like something I noticed is like I really need to like get to know someone well, be friends with someone before I develop feelings for them. Because after some of my experiences, that's the only way I can sort of feel safe, right? To make sure I really know someone. But you can't just get to know someone for the pure like aspects of romance, right? It's like you always have to be friends with them first. And like that's just where I get stuck. Because as I like sort of realize, oh, I need it. My personal like preference is to like, like obviously, I guess like when you, be with someone romantically you, you always like get to know them first right but for me it's like I have to be friends with them first like mm -hmm. I have to know them well enough that I would be friends with them even if we don't end up being anything and it's tough because at some point I have to make a decision on whether or not I should cater to my feelings rather than the friendship I have established with this person that I really like yeah exactly and it just like goes back to the point it's just like you know friendship is just so sacred and one of the reasons why it's sacred is because it's like it, to be honest it's really fragile because again nothing else is holding it together apart from your mutual interest in getting to know one another and supporting one another yeah it's a very fragile thing and i guess once it's broken it's kind of difficult to restore because there's again there's nothing else binding it together you don't have any responsibilities that makes you tied to this person and forces you to spend time with them until you figure things out yeah exactly so that's going to be the end of this episode on friendships. Thank you so much for listening to This Is Life Brewing. If you have any fun stories or have any advice on friendships or just your own experiences, feel free to share them with us on Instagram at This Is Life Brewing. As always, we really appreciate everyone's support on this podcast, and we'll see you all in two weeks. Mm -hmm.